have a special guest that's with us today. It's actually going to be speaking. So I'd like to bring up to the stage Pastor Leho, who is the pastor of Kolkata Church in Tartu, Estonia, who just happens to be with us today. Would you give Pastor Leho a hand? Pastor Leho is my good friend. We don't get to see each other that often, but he's my good friend. And ever since 2013, when we started taking teams over, uh, I've gotten to know him. Uh, we've served a lot together in camps and children's ministry uh, throughout the different areas of Estonia. I went over last year on my own and he hooked me up with several preaching uh, opportunities. And I was able to preach in some churches around Estonia. And uh, we've spent time praying together, ministering together, and sauna together. Uh, and it's just been a great relationship to have. And he's such a good man, such a good pastor, such a good father. And he really takes care of our missionaries that are over there uh, with Crick and Mindy and with, with Beth Ann. And so we're super thankful for this partnership that we've had with Kolkata over the past uh, five years. Uh, pastor Leo has been the pastor of this church for 20 years. He's in his 20th year now. I work at that church. And I think you told me earlier the church is 117 years old. Uh, it was one of the few churches that made it through the communistic era. All that stuff, so a lot of history, a lot of legacy with Kolkata Church, and so he's now at the helm, and they're doing some amazing things and reaching the people in Estonia, especially in Tarchi. So we're super thankful to have him come and speak with us today. And I would like to share about those things, how God can use ordinary believers, and things that we think are so simple, so ordinary, nothing special, but God can use and will use those things for his kingdom. When you think about the disciples of Jesus, the twelve, which ones come to your mind first? Peter, the leader. John, the one who wrote the gospel. Who else? James, one of the three most uh, close disciples of Jesus. Judas, yeah, you don't name your children Judas, do you? Uh, Who else? Matthew wrote the gospel. Uh, And now there are probably six more and... We stop somewhere there usually because uh, unless you just read the passage where all the twelve are named, you kind of, it takes time to remember them. There's one more, Andrew. I want to talk about Andrew today. Um, Andrew was the younger brother of Peter. Um, Andrew was an, not a well-known person, but a good believer. We have such kind of Andrews nowadays everywhere. Uh, Andrew has become a popular name. I looked it up in the United States. There are almost 900,000 Andrews walking around. When you go to the groceries, you notice a security man, and you read the small name as Andrew. Maybe you read a newspaper or hear the news, and somebody's interviewing a scientist who is called Andrew. Um, then you go for vacation, and the pilot greets you on the plane and says, Hello, I'm Andrew. And Andrews are campaign managers and movie writers, golf players and newspaper sellers. We have Andrews everywhere, even here, most probably. Some Andrews, somewhere. But uh, in the Bible, the Andrew, he was a man with... I would say five talents out of ten. He was not the ten out of ten person. He was not the two-talent man either. Maybe he had five talents, somewhere in the the average. He does not preach in front of thousands, 
but maybe he helps in the technical team, cooks in the kitchen, or plays in the worship band, faithfully. And, you know, we need Andrews in our society for the society to function. And we need Andrews in the church in order for the church to function. Without the Andrews, the world would not move on and the church would not move on. Actually, I think that many of the problems of churches origin come from the fact that there are too few Andrews and too many who want to be Peters and Johns. So what do, do we know about the disciple Andrew? Let's read something from the Bible. The first story where we see Andrew, and this is from the Gospel of John, first chapter, verses 35 through 42. And it says so. The next day John was there, John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and spent that day with him. It was about the tenth hour. Andrew, now this, this is the name. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, who was one of the two, who heard what John had said, and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon, this is Peter, and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. So I mentioned already that Andrew was the smaller brother of Peter. Peter, he was the spokesman of all the disciples, probably the oldest of the disciples. And therefore, Andrew had, be, had to be the younger brother. So Andrew well, had grown up, was raised up in the shadow of Peter. He was always at least the second. When the two brothers had to choose which game to start, guess who said we will play this game? It was Peter, of course. Later on, when they were fishing in the boat, and somebody asked, Hey brothers, how many fish did you get? Who answered first? It was a Peter. Andrew was always in the shadow of his older brother. And this happened not only in the family. Andrew was sometimes left out of the game even later. Why do you think like that? Among the disciples of Jesus, there were two pairs of brothers. Were John and James, one pair, and was Peter and Andrew, second pair. But Jesus had three disciples who were his closest disciples. And those were Peter and John and... Uh, James and, no, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew was left out, kind of, even among the, from among the disciples. 
His older brother Peter was there when uh, Jesus invited uh, three of his closest disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane, whatever, how do you pronounce it? Uh, three came and Andrew left with it, was left with the others. When uh, Jesus invited three of his closest uh, disciples to the Mountain of Transfiguration, then Andrew was not there, Peter was there. So, he was an ordinary believer, not among the top three. A man with five talents out of ten. But he was a faithful believer, faithful disciple. So my sermon today is about an ordinary believer, about the Andrews. And there are three important stories about Andrew in the Gospels. Only three places where we hear something about Andrew. But there's one thing common in all of those stories, and we will come to that. The first story we heard already, we read it. It shows that Andrew was initially the disciple of John the Baptist, and when John the Baptist met Jesus and recognized him as Messiah, then he kind of allowed his disciples, at least part of them, to follow Jesus. And Andrew was one of those who started to follow Jesus. Um, when Andrew started to follow Jesus, Jesus asked him a simple question. What do you want? What do you want? Maybe Jesus was just uh, initiating a conversation, but um, this is actually the most fundamental, fundamental question of life. What do you want? What do you want from life? Is Jesus asking, what do you want from life? What is it that you really want? Andrew, what makes you happy? What do you want? And Andrew replies with, a, with another question. This is the way Jewish boys and girls were raised. Uh, this was their education. When somebody asks you a question, you answer with a question. That's not polite, at least in our culture, you, you try to answer. But that's the way they did. It was polite for them. So Andrew asks from Jesus, Teacher, where are you staying? It seems like a simple question about where are you staying overnight. But the word to stay in the Gospel of John is a very important word. It repeats now and then. In the, it is the same word that John the Baptist tells about Jesus in the same chapter. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain or stay on him. Later on in chapter 15, it's the same word that Jesus uses in the parable about the vine and the branches. Remain or stay in me as I also remain in you. Remain in my love. So, Andrew is asking Jesus, where are you staying? Where are you remaining? What is in you that is stable? What is this that I can trust in you? What gives your, your life such a meaning? And Jesus gives a simple answer. Come and you will see. Come and you will see. Again, this might be an invitation. Just come and see where I will stay overnight. But Jesus is actually giving... An answer to the, to the question of life. If you are searching for the deep answers, 
then come and you will see, is what Jesus is saying. We would like to get the answer immediately, but he, he says, come and you will see. As we will go along, you will see. So, if you are not a believer, if you have not, are not the follower of Jesus yet, then Jesus is saying today, come and you will see. Follow Jesus, and you will see the answers to your questions. Okay, and you stay there with Jesus. The next morning, the first thing that he did was, he went to his older brother Peter, and said, come and see Jesus. John writes, he brought Peter to Jesus. What a wonderful thing to do. Nothing very difficult. They had been playing, playing together. They had been fishing together. And now, Peter, come and see, I found the Messiah. He was the younger brother. He didn't start to convince Peter. He, Peter was the more important one. But he invited, come and see. You will be convinced yourself. So that's the first story about Andrew. He was an ordinary man. Five talent man. But he was con- convinced that bringing his family to Jesus will make a change. And this is the first thing you can do, being an Andrew. Inviting your family. Bringing your children to church. Bringing your children to, to, to Jesus. Bring your brother, even your older brother, to Jesus. Maybe your granny or grandpa to Jesus. They are so clever, so more experienced, but tell them, come and see. Come and see. Taste Jesus. You don't have to be a Billy Graham to do that. You can do it. And Billy Graham cannot bring your children on any, any other big, famous preacher. But you can. So let's look at the second story about Andrew. The second story is about two Greek men. Jerusalem, the city, Jerusalem, was located on the trade route between Rome and Egypt. And many traders and tourists uh, went through Jerusalem, stayed there for a while, and there were two Greek men who wanted to, to see Jesus. They heard about Jesus. They met the disciple of Philip and said, we would like to see your teacher. For whatever reason, Philip didn't go to Jesus immediately, but went to Andrew and said, there are two people who want to meet Jesus. Would you take them to Jesus? And of course Andrew did. Uh, Just meeting people in town, in the community, and bringing them to Jesus. We run Alpha alpha courses in our church. This is a 10-11 week course about the basics of Christianity. We run it two times a year, and before that, we invite people. Last time, uh, now this spring, when we had it in February, two of our team went to a supermarket, to a mall, uh, to hand out leaflets, to invite people to this Alpha course. And there was, they met one elderly lady who took the leaflet, and we got to know later that she happened to be a believer, and she took the leaflet and uh, brought this leaflet to her sister, who had moved, moved to Estonia just some months ago. He was, she had been living abroad. So she had been moving to Estonia, and her sister gives this leaflet, come and see Jesus. And she came to the Alpha course. And about five weeks later, she decided to follow Jesus. 
And now they are both following Jesus. Such a simple thing. Go and give out a leaflet. This goes to somebody else. And the one comes to Jesus. So this is the second story. Again, the thing that we see about Andrew is he just invites people to see Jesus. No preaching, no convincing, no miracles. Just come and see. And the third story. Do you remember there's a story in the Gospels where Jesus makes a big miracle. Uh, There are 5,000 men plus wives and children listening to Jesus speak. And then they are hungry and there's no food. And uh, then Jesus asked the disciples, would you give them some food? Well, 10, sorry, 5,000 plus wives and children, this will make 10,000 even more. Yesterday we visited your Red Rocks Amphitheater. This seats about 10,000. This was more than this amount of people who would sit there listening to Jesus. And then Jesus says, would you feed those people? There are some hungry people around here. And then there is one, one boy who has five loaves and two fish. Now, who is the one who brings this boy to Jesus? This is Andrew. While Jesus was preaching, he had been walking around in the crowds, talking to people, connecting to people. And when Jesus wanted to have some food, then he knew that there's a boy with a picnic. Andrew was the connector. And now he brought another man to Jesus. And the big miracle happened. You will have a block party soon. If you have visitors, connect to them. Be like Andrew. And uh, maybe you have a chance to bring them to Jesus. This is so wonderful and so relaxing. Bringing people to Jesus is not just for big preachers. It's not only for those who are able to write famous books that everybody reads in the world. Bringing people to Jesus is something like an ordi- something that an ordinary believer can do. A bus driver, a security person, a journalist, a scientist, an IT man. Everybody can be an Andrew. Andrew was an ordinary believer who invited people to Christ. Uh, Bethan Erickson is a missionary in our church, from your church. And when he ca- she came to Estonia... Uh, one thing that she needed was uh, what is Estonian food like? So she invited two of our teenager girls to help help her out with cooking Estonian food. They started to meet weekly and Bethan encouraged them to maybe invite some more of her friends to have just good good food and uh, maybe we can witness to them. So it's not a big group but uh, some of Some of the girls invited their friends. Maybe five, six, all together. And now, just a couple of weeks ago, Beth then mailed me that one of the girls had made a decision to be a follower of Jesus. Just, there was an Andrew, or actually an Andre, who uh, had been inviting somebody to, to meet Jesus. I think that during the church history, for every Peter and John... There has always been 10,000 Andrews. There are almost 10,000 more ordinary believers 
then there are big preachers or worship leaders. Those five talent people, they are absolutely necessary for every society, for every church, in order for the church to function. So, what would, would, an, order, what would an contemporary uh, Andrew look like? Two more stories. There's an elderly lady in our church who, uh, some years ago, was riding a bus in, in town to the market, and she had an Alpha course leaflet in her pocket. She met somebody, another lady, who, whom she had met occasionally before. And just in the bus, she gave the leaflet. We are starting an Alpha course. Would you come? And they went away. This lady was in a situation that uh, she was considering the questions of life, and she came to the, to the Alpha course. Got saved there. Uh, her life got changed. Then she brought her grown-up uh, daughter to the church. She started to attend our church. This daughter invited her colleague, uh, who is a uh, uh, natural sciences teacher. Uh, and and this, this, this uh, colleague started to follow Jesus. So, just being an Andrew, inviting somebody to Jesus. Not to big rallies, but just to simple events. Or now, soon you will, you will be sending out six or five, five Andrews to Estonia. Pastor Jimmy and, and others going to, going, to, going to Estonia. And we expect very much from them. We expect them to invite people to come and see Jesus. This is very much, and this is actually so simple. So, why do people invite people to Jesus? It's not because of guilt. It's not because it's a must but because we have felt that this is good, this gives meaning, this is true, this is loving, this is hopeful. Um, Andrews, the Andrews never become famous like the Peters and Johns. The Andrews will not write books or have big rallies. But the Andrews know their family. They know their children, their extended family. The Andrews meet people in town, or in the market, or in the, in the plane, during the block days. The Andrews know people. It's such a simple thing. Just invite somebody to your church, to your home group, or a special event. And the church needs those Andrews. Yes, the church needs the Peters and the Johns as well. But it needs much more of those Andrews. And I encourage you to be an Andrew. In your family, invite them to Jesus. In your community, invite them to Jesus. In your church events, when there are visitors, invite them to Jesus. Be a connector. The church and the world needs ordinary Andrews. Without the Andrews, the church will not function. For every great Peter and John, there has to be 10,000 Andrews. And my question for you is, would you be an Andrew? Amen. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, you know our names. And we are not Andrews by name, but we pray that we will be like Andrew. Inviting people to Jesus. And you know... 
Jesus, you know that we have been doing that, more or less. There are people in our family that we would like to come to Jesus. We pray for those people today. There are people in our community and in our church community that don't know Jesus yet. Help us to be Andrews for them. And help us to be shining and bold when you, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, open us those opportunities to invite somebody to Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name.